light of infinite. The Rashbam says the entire book of Devarim is called Shira, song, poem. This parasha instructs us to write this song for yourselves. The song is the Torah, and we learn from here that it's a mitzvah to write a Torah scroll. We see this week that Torah is synonymous with song. As I think about my life, I realize song has always led me. Throughout my childhood, it's always had a transformative power. Some of my earliest memories are listening to Michael Jackson's Thriller album on vinyl when I lived in Naples, Italy, when my dad was stationed there in the Navy. I would dance to it in a way that I felt as if I was reaching another dimension, physically and emotionally. I also remember my mom always played this song, Imni Nalu, from Ofra Chaza, from the Diwan, the Yamanite Book of Songs and Prayers, and I always connected with that one. Ofra Chaza looked just like my mom when my mom had the China, the Henna ceremony, so I felt especially close to the music and all that surrounded it. Fast forward to high school, freshman year, I went to the Hebrew Academy and the Yeshiva of Greater Washington. But for the next few years, I went to a secular school, and as all my friends were in Jewish school, it wouldn't end till later in the evening. So I had all this extra time on my hands. So I converted my basement into a music studio, bought a drum set, a turntable, a keyboard, a microphone, two guitars, and possibly the most key component, a four-track recorder. I would lay down each part one by one, creating songs out of each instrument. I hope these recordings don't surface, but I did make mixtapes and included them on CDs for friends. All this time afforded me a chance to dig into my own voice, both musically and lyrically, as I pushed the boundaries of writing and bearing my soul. Music has been such an important healing tool for me over the years. Feeling good comes in waves, so if you hit a funk, it's important to have ways to get yourself out. For some, it's being in nature, seeing the grand grace and epic beauty of creation. For others, it's exercising, and for others, it's staying connected to loved ones. For me, staying happy and connected is certainly tied to maintaining a daily spiritual practice, but also an important and key part is music. Music transcends current moods and creates universes to jump into. It's a powerful way to shift perspective and feeling. Bunny Vare's self-titled album does it for me every time. If I ever feel down and I listen to it, I feel that darkness can't coexist with the light and beauty that these songs exude, and it snaps me out of it. Of course, on an even more connected level are the songs from Jewish singers that blend our rich tradition into their own style. Yisharibo, Eviatag Banai, Akiva, Erez The reason I'm waxing about music is because in this very short parasha of Vayelech, two verses jump out at me, and they read like this. Now, write this song for yourselves and teach it to the Jewish people. Place it in their mouths so that this song will be for me a witness for the Jewish people. When they encounter many troubles and suffering, this song will speak up for them as a witness, since it will not be forgotten from the mouths of their descendants. For I know their inclinations, what they do today, even before I bring them to the land that I have promised. Ramban, Nachmanides, teaches that the plain meaning of and now write down for yourselves this song is that Hashem commanded this to Moshe while Yahshua heard Hashem's instructions and read what Moshe wrote down. This is what's meant when two verses later Moshe is reported as writing all this down and teaching the people the contents of the song. Yahshua joined in teaching the people, as we know from the song that is referred to in the first section of the Parshat HaZinu, the reason that this portion is called Shira, song or poem, is that since time immemorial the Jewish people recited as such. And the meaning of the expression this song is the song that I will now tell you, referring to HaAzinu, give ear, which is the upcoming parasha. It's called song because Israel would recite it with song and psalm. Song is at the center of all of our rituals, and singing is the unifying element of communal prayer. King David used a harp to compose the psalms, the Tehillim. The Talmud teaches that the harp hung above King David's bed 
and at midnight a northern wind, a ruach, would blow on the five strings, raising him from his sleep to study until daybreak. The Zohar teaches that the five strings parallel the five books of the Torah and are the instruments with which he composed much of Tehillim. The Zohar continues explaining that the northern ruach alludes to the ruach of Hashem that hovered over the water surface at the moment of creation, and that this ruach tsifoni, the northern wind, corresponds to the ruach hatzafun, the hidden spirit. Chazal, our sages, teach in the Talmud that tzafon is lacking and that the lack is in the heart. As it says in Tehillim, He will give you that which your heart lacks, and Hashem will fulfill all your requests. As the Zohar teaches, the essence of the Ruach of life emanates from the heart, and all the body's organs are directed by the heart. The heart is likened to a king, while the arteries are like soldiers. So the lack is that of feeling of a departure of Ruach from the heart, and that's why it says in Tehillim, He will give you that which your heart lacks. That is the explanation of the verse of Tehillim of the Jews who received the Ruach of life from the Torah and why they are called Tzafon. As it says, they plot against your people and take counsel against Tzafunka, your hidden ones. When you listen to music, you can feel some of what the artist is feeling when they sing. In the Talmud, it teaches words that emanate from the heart enter the heart. Kabbalists explain that music helps banish extraneous thoughts and clear the mind, cutting away impure thoughts that envelop the soul, allowing a person to connect to the light of the infinite. Music is also something that can be played in circles infinitely. In fact, that's often how the prophets would reach the state of Nevoah, prophecy. It would be a repetitive riff being played until the riff would act as a mantra, a meditation, and a prophecy would be reached. Rabbi Nachman of Brussels explains on Ruach and rhythm in possibly his most famous and fundamental teaching from Lukutei Maran, Reish Pei Bet, 282, also known as Avzamra, I Will Sing. Rabbeinu teaches that judging everyone and yourself favorably, always looking for the good points, is essentially the secret to blessings and happiness. He explains that it's how melodies are made, and we see through playing a musical instrument which gathers the good ruach from the ruach of the gloomy depression, or the good notes from the bad notes. In essence, music is made through separating this good from evil by selecting and gathering these good points from the bad, and this is how melodies and songs are created. And so when a person doesn't let themselves fall, but revives themselves by searching and seeking out the good points in themselves, and gathers and separates those good points from evil and impurity within oneself, this is how melodies of oneself are made, and so the person is able to pray and sing and give praise to Hashem in a teshuvah, a return and a repentance which brings life, happiness, and ultimate unification. The Biru Halikutim adds that what brings repentance is this sifting good ruach from the bad, and that without the ruach of depression that results from a sin, it wouldn't be possible to create music, meaning the good alone is not enough. The melodies are sifting the good tones, good points, from the bad tones, the bad points. And without that, one cannot build up music that the spirit of prophecy and joy manifest. With that said, by negating the ruach of depression and evil which is created through sin, person merits transforming evil deeds into good deeds. And this is how one goes from the scale of guilt to merit. And by virtue of this music, melody, spirit of joy and happiness that is created, a person is able to repent and be received in repentance. Music has the ability to return us to our own happiness and to return us to a revealed connection with Hashem. One artist in particular that I always think of as super tapped into biblical wisdom is Bob Marley, and not just because of his album Exodus. I think of him mainly because of one of the most famous songs, one that doesn't carry the regular rhythmic percussion of reggae, but an acoustic track dubbed Redemption Song, which he made the last song on his last album with the Wailers, Uprising. I'm always struck by the wisdom of the lyrics and that he knew the end was coming as he was struggling with cancer. He wrote about the tremendous hardship being overcome by divine providence in a way letting us know that through his faith, he 
and we will be alright. As the song strums along, he borrows a phrase from a speech by Marcus Garvey, Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our mind. This is a recurring theme throughout the last bunch of Parshiot, and indeed much of the Torah and our own Exodus. It's a lesson of Yosef and the pit, and our time in Egypt, and our emancipation by the hands of Hashem. And it is what we must always battle within ourselves, freeing ourselves from whatever bondages the Yetzirah, evil inclination, continuously tries to place on us. The chorus is a simple plea, but a profound one. It asks for unification with each other, with ourselves, and with our Creator by joining in and singing these songs of freedom. I spent the last few days in the woods of Running Springs, California for Rosh Hashanah with my kids and the Ostrava Biala Rebbe. It's hard to put into words what it feels like to sing and pray surrounded by people you love as the Rebbe sings the songs of redemption that usher in the new year. There's always a moment that is above all surrounding moments when all feels aligned and it all sort of makes sense. This moment for me came earlier the other day when we sang Avinu Malkenu, our father, our king. Hearing the Rebbe lead as we all join in with this ineffable feeling, I just felt connected and exalted. There's a story from the Talmud Tanit. Once, during a drought, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva prayed for rain. First, Rabbi Eliezer stood before the ark and recited 24 blessings for fast days, but as his prayers went unanswered. And so, Rabbi Akiva rushed to the bima and cried out, Avinu Malkinu, Ein lanu melech ela ata, Our father, our king, we have no king but you. Avinu Malkinu, Lemancha rachem aleinu, Our father, our king, for your own sake, have mercy on us. And immediately the rain fell, ending the devastating drought. The sages suspected that it must be because Rabbi Akiva is greater than Rabbi Eliezer, but a heavenly voice was heard proclaiming, the prayer of this man, Rabbi Akiva, was answered not because he is greater than the other man, but because he is always forbearing and the other is not. The lesson here isn't that a prayer is answered based on the greatness of the person, but on patience and the heartfelt nature of its offering. Rabbi Akiva pleaded with Hashem, reminding him that he is our father and our king, but in pleading with Hashem as our father first, Rabbi Akiva is asking that Hashem lead with love of a parent before that of a king. And that is how we are meant to approach Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur Davening. In that moment, singing the song of Inu Malkinu in the woods with the Ostrov Biala Rebbe leading it, I felt truth and oneness. And I could hear through the singing that was in sync with mine that everyone around me felt the same. Now that we are in the 10 days of repentance, I'll end this dvar with Besefer Chaim, prayer, which goes like this. In the book of life, blessing, peace, and prosperity. May we all and all your people, the house of Israel, be remembered and written before you for a good life and for peace. Here's to a good life filled with peace and blessings. Shana Tava and Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.